pencil in the apocalypse. I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning and sparkle, Neely, sparkle. I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy legged women livers might say. Hello everyone and welcome to Maximum Film episode 240 and I'm looking for a shorty, you know what I mean? You know what I mean. You definitely know what I mean. It's your host, Ify Whitey Way, and in the booth with me are my friends. So let me introduce you to them. First up, we have the Christmas Zaddy himself. I'm going to announce it way early before I waited till Christmas, but he is Christmas Zaddy year round and Christmas Zaddy himself would explain that you don't have to wait for Christmas to watch a Christmas movie. It's Alonzo Duralde. What's good? Ify, that is all entirely true. So yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> what's good for me is uh, Rathaniel, the, the oh. Gerard Carmichael HBO special in which he comes out. Now, I'm not like deeply versed in Gerard Carmichael. I never watched his NBC sitcom, but I've seen quite a few of the HBO specials. I loved his HBO short documentaries that he did about family members and about you know the people he grew up with uh, i saw his directorial debut at sundance in 2021 on the count of three and i'm still waiting for like news about a distributor and an opening date and, you know, maybe now that he's having a hot moment that's going to happen but uh, and his snl uh, gig was chef's kiss but yeah the rothaniel special on hbo I mean, yes, we're, we're talking about it because of his revelation, but it's his revelation and the way that he anchors that in, in just, he's one of those brilliant comedians at, at like having a style of patter that nobody does and no one teaches and no one, I don't even know if you can explain it. He will draw out silences and pauses and say something awkward and then say something just just bring it all home in a way that I, I don't even know how to begin to parse, but um, it's a great special. I highly rec- recommend you check it out. It's streaming on HBO max right now. Rathaniel. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, I have yet to watch it, but I'm so excited to watch it. Uh, Gerard, I caught him. Like if, if, if there was a like blast off countdown uh, to his success, I caught him on two. Like, like it was like two, one, he was out of here. But even in those short moments, I would see him in the stand up scene. It was so clear why he was so well liked. He was really just caring. He was, he's just one of those people who, like, you hear this in Hollywood a lot, who remembers your names and will, mm. like, be able to say an anecdote about when you hung out, even though it was, like, so far away. And on top of that, yeah, I to really drive home what Alonzo was talking about, I feel like I learned uh, so much as a comic watching him perform because he's someone who is comfortable in the silence. Mm. A lot of comics will uh, lean into being rapid fire because we hate the silence between the laughs. We want to hear as many laughs as possible, whereas Gerard is just comfortable living in it. And the last thing I'll say about this is my favorite take uh, about the you know his coming out is uh it has to go to Travel uh Anderson friend of the pod who said we got another one y'all <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did them. post Willkommen and Bienvenue welcome on my uh, Facebook page. <laughs> I have oh. not seen the special and need to familiarize myself with his work, but I can just say that the white crisp shirtless suit that he wore on Saturday Night Live for that monologue was gorgeous. Speaking of gorgeous, we have someone who is gorgeous, gorgeous skincare, skin on fleek, as the kids might say, back on the Vine days. She is the queen of the Midwest, and you can tell because she never wants to claim it in great Midwestern (laughs) kindness fashion. It is none other than Drea Clark. What's good? Ah, iffy. So I know that this is going to not a controversial what's good, but a... Huh, your scale is... You guys, I went to the dentist last week and got my teeth cleaned. (laughs) Totes gels over here. (laughs) Right? I've not been to the dentist since the panty started. And Mm. I just wanted to get in there and have my, you know, gob looked at. And I had a lovely dentist and she, much like my my plastic surgeon, as I've discussed, for the scar on my face... Um, both women around my age, which I really love. Just nice. Like, Ooh, look at these medical professionals. Um, you know, just getting a tooth cleaning like it was the before times. Mm. Just sitting brazenly in this office with no mask on and um, yeah. a lead protected <laughs> like <laughs> apron on as I get x-rays of my mouth. Just living life, you know. 
Look, they yeah. were the the dental industry was they were early adopters of the whole face shield thing. So yes. you know they they they're good. They got this. They got this. Yeah, they're like we we've been on that. We've been on that. But yeah, that that does let you know the progress when you when you're open to having your mouth open in a uh, in a closed space for that long. You're like, man. And I I checked the numbers today. We're still going down. Keep it up, everyone. Keep getting vaccinated. Keep masking up when it's safe to mask up. I mean, and even you know. A, I don't even want to jinx it, so I'm just saying don't. I'm loving it. I'm 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 enjoying it, and I'm feeling good for all of us. What else is good, Ify? Anything else good? Yeah. Oh, what else is good? Well, you know, to to um to ride that same wave. This was the first time I went to my usual uh you know Max Film theater to watch a thing i think oh. yeah i i the the last time i went to the theater was was a while ago i kind of stuck with the streaming and i actually went with friend of the pod demian Dijuibe, and it was perfect it was serendipitous because i logged on and i was telling i that day i was like okay i'm gonna go see uh the movie um everything everywhere all at once and then Demi posts, he goes, is anyone going to see this? Because I want to watch it again and I want to talk to somebody after. <laughs> and so I did go and I watched it with him. I went and I got the big ass Coke and the water because we're still being healthy now. Uh, and a big ass popcorn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys, you know it's healthy because he chased his Coke with the water. <laughs> yeah, I chased my 40 ounces of Coke with uh, 20, 20 ounces of water. If it was you know, dishonest, it does not count. Yeah, yeah, it was dishonest. <laughs> So it definitely yeah. <laughs> but you know, I had my big popcorn and and it really felt good to to really enjoy it that way. And it was funny because I we left and I was just silent. <laughs> I, I like Demi was like, that was great. I was like, it was great. I'm processing and I have nothing to say. <laughs> you had As a one fact, job, if you want to know what I think. <laughs> You can just tune in Friday on Maxwell. There you go. Hi, Demi. I will say this is, um, we, we did make an exception for this film. I kind of pled the case. I knew you guys would have me on mm -hmm. this one, but um, I've known and worked with the Daniels for years and loved them and really wanted to support them in this film. But we are like cognizant of where people have different yeah. things if, if you're able to see something theatrically so maybe um if this inspires you and you're waiting till it comes out digitally at some point yeah. great hold it till then but yeah we we've made such a point of talking about seeing things that are available i guess just a little nod to the fact this is just in theaters right now. Yeah, and you know, do what makes uh, one you feel comfortable, and two, you know, watch you know your local numbers. I can only count for Los Angeles numbers because sure. I am a LA Times subscriber, so I'm about to get my <laughs> money's worth and check it literally every day. <laughs> okay, well, we've got our Bluetooth earpieces armed and ready to jump into everything, everywhere, all at once. And later, we'll talk about what movie character skills we'd like to tap into. But first, it's time for Itadix, short for Is This Important? Do I Care? Where we go through the movie news of the week and decide as a group if it's important and if we care, if we make it to that question. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> Most times we don't. But we're going to kick things off with Alonzo. <laughs> okay, so uh, Redbox has laid off 10% of their staff. As you probably know, the company has literal red boxes at stores all over the country where people can rent DVDs and Blu-rays, like if Blockbuster were a vending machine. Last week, they laid off 150 people, citing the ongoing adverse effects of COVID as the reason why, financially speaking, they haven't been able to stay out of, oh, the red. Oh, Marissa. <laughs> Is this important? Do you care? Um, That's a good question, and I'm, I'm curious what y'all think. I'm surprised they lasted as long as they did. You know, I do champion physical media and you know we'll go more on and on till the end of time but at this point it seems like we're in the stage of owning physical media i feel like if you're going to rent something people are just like well i'll stream it and well, if you want to own it you own it we've had listeners bring up very um intentionally before that streaming is not something that's as accessible to everyone as, yeah. as it is to others. Like I Not until high-speed internet is accessible to everybody. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. of it here of, I have decent internet. I certainly complain about it all the time. But it's I do take it for granted. And I do think Redbox fulfills a need. Like, there's, oh, yeah. you know, we're, there are not the same amount of 
um, blockbusters, like there's not like independent video stores in in rural or sort of more remote areas. It's it's probably I, I, it's that thing of feeling more and more cut off must be frustrating. Well, sure, and and I can imagine where even for people who are regular users, it was probably a thing where like they would pick up and drop mm. off movies when yeah. they went to the grocery store, when they mm-hmm. went to Target, when they went to the drugstore, and then if you're not doing that, then you're also not hitting the Redbox machine, and so that oh, all that yeah. that becomes kind of a domino effect, unfortunately. Because yeah, I think business wise, it makes a lot of sense. Certainly, there are like yeah. you said, there are parts of the country where I'm sure they're still thriving because people don't have the easy accessibility to to streaming platforms. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, I think I'm sure more and more there's people like, oh, well, you know, like if your Blu-ray player dies, are you going to replace it? You know, like I obviously am going to because I have a closet full of DVDs. But, you know, I I know that this is a a, a technology that people are are turning their backs on. And I think, you know, they will regret it because, uh, you know, there's just so much that's not streaming or that is streaming for a hot yeah. second and then goes away. And it's just not something to be relied upon. And like, yeah, if all you are looking for is like Spider-Man and you've got mail, you'll probably always be able to find those. But beyond that, like as soon as you get anything that's remotely sort of like your jam that isn't like everybody's jam, you know, you need to own that stuff. If he, yeah. he, he really looked at us when he just said Spider-Man and you've got mail, didn't he? I know. And, <laughs> I and did not. Like, <laughs> you got the Spider-Man and I got... You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I watched... I know more quotes from The Godfather from You've Got Mail than I do from The Godfather. Yeah. But I it mean, is true. Because sometimes it's like the most like sedity little bullshit that makes it pop off the of streaming. And I never felt more powerful than when we were doing the Fast and Furious uh, marathon and Netflix wanted to hide it. And I was like... I'm going to just bust out the big ass 10, 10 disc set I have. You can't stop me. You don't control my life, Netflix. I have everything I need right here. And also, I just love uh, just every, you know, um, aspect of, of, of the collector's aspect of it. Like, surprise, surprise, as a nerd, I like collecting things. Like, you know, it's funny enough, um, I was just talking with someone that, like, I hope that A24, which is really good at merchandising their movies, and more companies need to get on this train, uh, because I definitely bought the anniversary box final set for Moonlight uh, that was like a hundred oh, something nice. dollars. Yeah, but I would love, like, a coffee table book of all the images of uh, Michelle Yeoh in all the different versions that flash. Oh, there already is a coffee table book for this movie. If you just fainted. (laughs) So Alonzo and I are going to need to carry on. I guess so. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I hope someone over there can revive him. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm hyped. Thank you. Now, do you have the giant Jamie Foxx head that has Amazing Spider-Man 2 in it? Because <laughs> that's all. a collectible. The, every time I look at those things, I'm like, that's just an edge too nerdy. Like, I still want to have some sex. Uh, so, <laughs> so, like, I feel like I already push it with the Gundams and the Godzillas. I feel like the moment there's a giant Jamie Foxx head in my house, they're like, that's where I draw the line, Iffy. I think it's good to have standards. Speaking of still having some sex, <laughs> Nancy Myers is directing her first feature <laughs> film in seven years. I don't do segues. <laughs> the director of Something's Got to Give and The Holiday made a deal with Netflix to write and direct a new movie for the streamer. Again, it's been seven years. It will be her first full-length film since 2015's The Intern. While there are not many details available, it is reportedly, shockingly... An ensemble comedy. <laughs> Is this important? Do you care? But how will the kitchens be? Oh, fully. <laughs> you need the Netflix money so you can build out the whole Nancy Myers kitchen. For sure. Like, yeah. Oh, we need to be able to shoot this uh, 20 <laughs> this, foot island. This, this soundstage is Christopher Nolan, and this other soundstage is Nancy Myers' breakfast nook. <laughs> yes. Listen, I do not begrudge her any of this. No. She makes. Yeah. She ma- She. Knows her audience. Yes. She loves the films that she makes. Um, I hadn't realized it had been that long because she is someone who's like, I watched The Holiday all the time or I watched the Kate Winslet half of The Holiday all the time. <laughs> like her stuff is so omnipresent on streamers that she, I, I re- didn't clock it been that long. Yeah, she she produced her daughter's directorial debut, yep. which was terrible yeah, um, and i'm sorry i saw it um but 
and I'm not I'm not super team Nancy Myers, but I get the appeal. Like if if, if that is if that's your flavor, I, I I get it. And I think frankly, like I, the prospect of watching her new movie on Netflix, I am excited about because that's oh, yeah. that, that's where I want to experience that level of cozy. And oh, so yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a that's a match made in like you know uh, a throw heaven. <laughs> I respect the strength of Nancy Myers. Um, I'm uh, good friends with Zach Perlman, who was in The Intern. And the two things that he always gets recognized for is being A.A. Ron and The Intern. (laughs) And I will never forget, we were out in the boonies somewhere. And there was this big biker dude who was staring us down. And I was like, oh, well, here comes a slice of racism we're about to get for no reason. And he walks up to us and we're like, all right, let's prepare. And he's like. Were you in the intern? <laughs> it was like, I was like, you watch Nancy Myers movies? Big what? Anne Hathaway fan here. Yeah. I love me some Annie H. Uh, so yeah. That, oh yeah, God. That. Oh, the intern. Yeah, that was the one with De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Yes. I was like conflating it with the internship. Ship. Yeah, no. The one with uh, Luke Wilson and Vince, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn that does yeah. not feel like a Nancy Myers movie at all. I'm like, <laughs> God, seven years. She really took a detour with that one. No, this yeah. one, <laughs> this makes much more sense. Good. Good. Yes. Uh, but something that doesn't make sense is uh, Tyrese uh, getting tricked. <laughs> Segway King. Uh, doesn't yes. it make sense, though? Doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, in the long run, it really does. April Fool's Day was last Friday, but on Sunday, Tyrese fell for a fake out and learned just how fast the internet will make a fool out of you. The actor who appears in the just-released Morbius shared a screenshot of a glowing review of the movie on Instagram from none other than Martin Scorsese. The review read of Morbius, This is the truest height of cinema, and even I cannot top it. A wise man admits when he is wrong, and I was wrong. I, I apologize to all comic book movies. It was, of course, fake. Tyrese deleted the post, but not before it was screenshotted by approximately everybody. <laughs> is this important? Do you care? I think what's most important is what is that Scorsese voice? He's an Italian-American from New York, and you made him sound like Welsh or something? I I thought it was perfect, (laughs) Iffy. I thought it was his eyebrows speaking. I'm like, he did not punk Sir Richard Attenborough, you know. Um, What's important to me about this is, as you know, Iffy is our number one reporter on the Tyrese beat, and he never lets us down. And I knew about this news immediately because Iffy texted us. (laughs) So if you are wondering, is he really on top of it? He is. He is Mm, on the Tyrese beat 24-7. Nothing's getting by him. He's got the scoops. Always. The just amazing tomfoolery of Tyrese reading such a... Like, anyone falling for anything around April Fool's, like... I both have sympathy and do not for you. Like, oh, I'm sorry that everyone's trying to trick everyone, but also everyone's trying to trick everyone. Maybe you don't believe anything. But the fact that something so just that included the words, I apologize to all comic book movies. And Tyrese was like, Oh shit! Did you see this? We this made is him real. Apologize. This is real. And he, and he, he's sharing it with the director of Morbius with like such delight that I was like, oh, it's the earnestness that I find yeah. really adorable yes. in all this. Yes. Well, that's oh, like that's, that's the thing about point. Tyrese is he moves his internet. He moves a mile of minute. He's always aggregating memes and stuff that he finds funny. But also one thing about Tyrese that I think makes him funny to me is just how much he really cares about anything he acts in like he like there's like there are some actors who like you'll ask and they'll be like oh i don't i don't know about this movie or that movie or there tyrese if you were to ask him every movie he's been in is worthy of an oscar like he <laughs> is so like he went to the black and blue screening and he thought it really had <laughs> you it spoke on the Baby black boy. issues at hands yeah it was it's like that's what makes it so funny where it's like man you really are like if i'm in this movie it's the best movie ever. I'm not going to lie. I wish, for the films that I do, I wish every actor that we had had that kind <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Boosterism. Yes. The, <laughs> someone who's like, I will be the hype man for every project I do. It's like, oh, thank you, Tyrese. Like, I got some shorts I can put them in. You know, go ahead and blast it on all your socials, you know? <laughs> Keep that morale high. Yeah, yeah. 
And you keep your morale high because we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we'll be right here discussing everything, everywhere, all at once. Hey. Did grad school ruin your reading habits? Oh my God, all those books you had to read for grad school. Did becoming a parent destroy your ability to focus on a book? Did the pandemic tank the number of novels you can get through in a year? Ugh, that happened to everyone and we're reading glasses and we're here to help. We'll get you out of a book slump, dismantle all that weird reader guilt. Which we know you have a lot of, but most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading glasses every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Sifi Wadiwe. In the studio with me are... Drea Clark. Alonzo Duralde. We, we talked about it earlier. We've been watching movies for a long time now, but this week we're taking a step back into theaters for a genuine big screen experience. The film directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, a.k.a. Daniels, stars Michelle Yeoh, Ki-Huey Kwan, Stephanie Hsu, Jamie Lee Curtis, and James Hong. Now, I know y'all have been fighting each other for for the chance to explain this but i'm gonna give the honor to drea this time oh so would you (laughs) explain everything everywhere all at once to us all right imagine yourself in an apartment above a rundown laundromat you're a middle-aged woman you are stressed about your audit with the irs you have a long-term husband who keeps trying to hand you papers or information and you are too busy for it you are preparing for the arrival of your father with whom you have a very tense relationship and you are kind of agonizing because your young daughter is bringing her girlfriend and wants to introduce the girlfriend to your father and it's a whole thing and then in all of this what someone appears from the multiverse but it still looks like your husband, but he says he's someone else, but he's also your husband and you are the center of the whole thing. And it all starts to go crazy because you can jump from body to body of yourself in different variations and universes or in your universe. You know, it's confusing and madness and you could see the path your life would have taken with every different decision you made along the way. Um, but it still all comes down to you. Also, you are Michelle Yao, so you're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be the first to say it before some dude bro says this in a way that's condescending, because this is what I truly believe. This movie, for for anybody who watches Rick and Morty, is the multidimensional cable box episode, but done million times better uh like like it it really it really except for those the the element of that is that it's meant to be sporadic like each of those stories are disconnected and there are like this is everything everywhere all at once connected yeah and and everyone's connected and it's my favorite um like time theory i i've been addicted to this time theory since high school which is that every choice you make splits off into two different timelines and because of that time isn't a straight line that you can go back into it is a series of webs um and that's just more fun to me because there's endless possibilities as you see in this movie and i never thought there would be a way you can really adequately display that and not only do they explain display that in a way that makes sense they display that in a way that also shows how you can tap into the abilities of those people in a way that also makes sense so this is a feat in itself Jeez, Louise. Yeah, this movie is playing 80-dimensional chess. And, you know, I, I have already seen it twice. Um, and, and, and the first time, you're just taking it all in and, and, and just, you know, grasping with this beautifully logical but very dense and insane sort of universe that they've created for you. And then, lo and behold, there's an actual, like, emotional punch. And this movie has a philosophy to it. And, you know, and and you just get, like, knocked out by that. And so then the second time, you can sort of take the rules of the universe as read and just sort of ride the emotional wave that's there from the very beginning. And uh, this movie is extraordinary. I, I loved it, and I keep thinking about it, and, and I was moved by it, and it's funny, and it's exciting, and it's 
it 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 is trippy in the best ways and i just think it's 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 it ele- it's there to parse through and pick at and dissect in a million different ways that you'll be spending the rest of your life doing but it also just exists as this beautiful thing unto itself yeah we're going to be talking about the different layers about this film but in much in the way that there are so many timelines i think that they are taking the different layers of this to do so many things and one of the first things i kind of want to talk about in that i the first things that i was like oh i need to talk about this is one this is like the story about this you know immigrant asian family and one thing that really struck me about this and and how they did it is because of these different timelines and different people, you have versions of them that are, you know, speaking the native language. You have versions of them that are speaking English. You have versions of them. And to me, that's something so interesting, right? Because, you know, I feel like, especially if we talk about, you know, Asian Americans or Asians in media, there's this version of, of, of like, if you if you have an accent and they, this actually plays like a, a, a serious part in the film itself that you you somehow just don't have the same ability to communicate and when you see them communicate with all these different ways i almost imagine somebody leaving this movie and like now being like oh just because someone has an accent i don't have to assume they don't understand me or assume you know try and like yell I, when yeah, i talk and to i them. think it goes deeper than just thinking people um, understand. I think that a lot of times there's a prejudice built in if someone doesn't speak your language that they just don't comprehend thought in the same way that you yeah. do. That they're not, do you know what I mean? That there's like, yeah. oh, and yeah, it's, it's certainly not like the main focus of this film, but this film is passing along a lot of just um, thoughtful and meaningful and s- positive sort of breakthroughs all over the place of how we should see ourselves or be kind to ourselves or how like the chaos of the world can affect us all and being aware of that and sympathetic to each other. And, and, and again, it is, it's that thing of, of adding that as a layer of the story was just a master stroke, but also just as thoughtful as everything else of having it be an immigrant story because you have the versions of her where she didn't leave because it all it's yes. it, it, so much of it hinges on Michelle Yao's character, her relationship with her husband and like that she sort of chose a path in her life when she decided to stay with him and they immigrated to America. And that was like their big, you know, path split or whatever. And so having that as like the, oh, the different versions of an art just maybe you're still in Minnesota, but like maybe you're still in a whole other country, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I often think about like, you know, what if, if my parents had stayed in Spain, you know, like, and if yes. I had wound up still being born oh while they were there, you know, that's oh a thing. I, that's a thought I entertain, you know, periodically, but like that, yeah. that was a, yeah, that was a real brain blast for me. Cause I also have the exact same thought. <laughs> like what is the iffy, that was born in Nigeria. Yes. Like, who is that person? Like, who? Because that, that has to be like a completely different version. Exactly. I have that. What if my parents had stayed in Nebraska, where they're both? Oh man, from? Nebraska, mm. Drea Nebraska Drea is Drea. wild. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that I love, it, it, one of the one of the many paths is where where she doesn't leave home and she winds up becoming like a martial arts legend and movie star, not unlike Michelle Yeoh herself. And then there's this lengthy thing where where rather in, where you know she she doesn't run away with with the the Kehui Kwan character, but they they run into each other again at a premiere of one of her movies, and they have this extended conversation yes. in a back alley lit with green neon, and it's, it's the so most Wong Kar Wai thing yes. you've ever seen. And then I find out later that K. Hoi Kwan worked for Wong Kar Wai. It was actually, he was the AD of 2020, of 2046. For real. Yes. He like lived in Hong Kong and that, worked with him for years. I will say that section, because for anyone who's not familiar, this is the same actor that many of us grew up with because he played Data in Goonies. And, and he short, played round short Round in Indiana Jones. In Indiana Wait, Jones. What? Girl, where oh, you Oh, iffy. Are you not talented? Okay. Yes. We are the ones to tell you. But so... So for a lot of us, like his face and even his voice were still so recognizable. And he's, you know, like both he and Michelle's primary characters in this 
you know, the whatever. They run a laundromat in Simi Valley. They run a laundry, yeah, and they're like, oh, sort of schlobby, and they wear these older clothes and whatever. It's a terrible haircut. And then that, like, Wong Kar Wai-ish section, that right there, I was like, if men's number one takeaway here is not that the value of a decent hairstyle and glasses <laughs> frames can change their lives, I, I honestly, like, even if you just leave the movie at that point, yeah, work I mean, has been done. And, and like there, one thing that this does too, though, that is so amazing is there are so many things that just seem like just silly things, like just silly kind of cutaways that comes, come back to be poetry. Yes. Like the you universal know, like, hot dog like, fingers. Yes. Oh, you know, that's exactly what you, when you first see that, you're like, oh, that's goofy. That's goofy. But it, it lands to the speech where it's like, even in a universe where we have hot dog hands, you know, like, you know, you deserve to be loved. Like things like that, where it's like, wow, you, like there was no piece of the puzzle that was put that wasn't connected to the overall story, which makes it even more exciting because I'm going to even go even harder on praising. And I felt uh, bad because uh, it was, I was, I just followed um, uh, Daniel Kwan on, on Twitter. And he said, he was like, go in with open mind. Don't listen to the hype because Daniel Kwan is well aware of what movie fans do. And it's like my most big pet peeve with movie fans. If something's hyped up, then they're going in looking to chip it down. And it's like, just why? But I'm going to still say the statement they did in this movie what it took 10 plus movies Marvel to do. Cause this was like a, a in game level uh, of, of, of multiverses wrapping together. And they just did it with one story and made it very cohesive and made it wrap together. And I think that's what blew me away the most where I was like, damn, we needed like all these movies and tie-ins <laughs> for Marvel to do it. And just a family with a laundromat, they've made this epic battle that just, <laughs> that matches. Sorry, it. they've thrown down a challenge for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of yes. Madness. Oh, for sure. Please no, because I've been avoiding trailers. I hate trailers, as you know. And the mm-hmm. trailers, when I did see this, were Petite Maman and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. And I was like, <laughs> oh, they don't know how apt that is. <laughs> but the Daniels have, they are balls of energy. They have like frenetic, creative, inventive minds. But I think the other thing that sets them apart and that is what makes this really special, there's zero shame or judgment for any of the things. And for filmmakers who still love like a crass, like a butt plug joke or a moment with, do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things here that could easily be like, I really liked it, but uh, you know, there's some stuff I don't think are necessary for them. Everything they do, it it's, it's so hard to say, like, within film, but just the absence of shame in a moment I, and just the idea of finding, like, a comedic or an action or something with specific within it to make it special, but to still have it be as earnest as anything else. Like, I think yeah. that's a real real gift that they have. I, I see what you mean, and I'm going I'm to drive it home with the exact example you were using. Because you're right, the butt plug joke could have very easily gone, you know, you know, like uh, uh, porkies, you know. But it but it wasn't. It could have easily they, been homophobic. Yeah, like, it yeah. Also very been like, oh, oh, it's so gross. Like, but, that's not in their minds had, at all. Yeah, no, they were able to craft a scene where a guy does a backflip onto a butt plug, and your reaction is, uh-oh, and not like <laughs> no you're actually freaked the fuck out because you know what that means yeah, yeah. so and, and just it's a it's a shaw brothers level piece of acrobatics on top of it. yeah i think that the two guys who are involved with the butt flex scene are the stunt choreographers for the film it's two brothers uh, oh. the, the who are phenomenal to talk about the stunts and what i really like you know to have a huge major action piece between Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh (laughs) and like really like you know uh, we've talked about this I think a million times on this podcast but this this age that we're moving into where we're not aging out women at 25 and like letting them get their shine on like it makes it not only one these are some of the best actresses in the world, like just hands down, but also like it makes it more real. Like you like, I can't imagine this story being told by like a 30 year old pretending to be as old as Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis, like seeing someone 
actually that age and seeing that it makes it more dynamic because you know we've learned from Halloween that Jamie Lee Curtis isn't afraid to still do action shit so to see her and like Michelle Yeoh just going at it it made it like so much cooler but also like grounded it in a way and I'd, I'd elevate that even more than seeing these women who are still athletic and like Michelle Yeoh you've also seen like it's just the symbol of grace and whatever for so long these are also women who who look their age. They are yeah. not. They Michelle wears the grossest clothes. Like other, <laughs> like she has a few. She's like an opera singer when she's the movie star. Fine, but she wears her primary character was the most Frumpy. ugly clothes the whole time. And Jamie Lee Curtis's are even worse. And that they're, yeah. do you know what I mean? They're not shot like oh we're gonna we're gonna put just a thin layer of Vaseline over the camera. Like it's not the point. Isn't oh, look at how hot these women still are for their age. Like, still got it. It's, no, people look like people look. These women look like they look. And they're getting it done, and they're having this fight, and they're, like, cracking through walls or whatever. Like, it's, to me, it it still falls under that umbrella of there's no shame to things in this film. But I'll even go as further that I think the biggest flex in how much work they did to make Michelle Yeoh look like that is when they used her actual, like, uh, media footage from her in the yes. red carpet. It was yes. like, oh no, normally she looks nor- yes. super hot. <laughs> like, this is her regularly. Yes. In her defense, she regularly pulls this look off. Yeah. <laughs> Just okay. so we're clear. Let's return back I, I to the to elastic her. banded polyester <laughs> pants version of her here. Yeah. What, but I think what's really so special about this is because that not only have they come up with this sort of like you 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 can imagine the internet bros just sort of loving the complicated absurdity of it the multiverse of it the the like you know crazy camera stuff where you know michelle yo's face is always in the same place in the screen but she's combing through a thousand different personalities and versions of herself and all that stuff is bravura and carried out really well but then you get to the emotional center of the story and it's devastating. It is so moving and meaningful and it makes you want to be a better person. Like it's one of those movies that sort of reminds you about like the way the universe works and the way that it could work if we could all be better about things. And I was not expecting that when I walked into this thing, I had managed to shut out the trailers. The only review I'd read was, was Robert Abelis because I, put it through for the rap but you know i, I and and he actually called it he, he said finally tax day hasn't it's a wonderful life yeah. <laughs> oh my god which i thought amazing. was a great description but yeah so i just i mean i you know I, it is not uncommon that you're leaving the theater and you're like sniffling and because it, it's like oh, the yeah. last the last 20 30 minutes just hits hard oh I think it, something it, you just said i'm so sorry if no, you, no 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 go for it but and, and I've used this before. It's like one of my higher compliments for films when I don't see something coming, but it makes total sense once you get there. Yes. And I think that's like this film in a nutshell, right? Like yeah. you never know what's coming. And in fact, because I had heard, I knew there was like action. I knew there was sci-fi. So for the first like 15 minutes, I was like, this is a lot of auditing worry why I'm, I'm hearing more about taxes and laundromat concerns than i ever imagined and yet when you get to the end it's fully earned you and, and you had so, to get all through all yeah, that other you're stuff so invested yeah. in these people these characters their connections with each other the the small hurts that they've amassed over years of yeah. just small neglects or whatever and yeah so iffy sorry well, no, no, I was just saying, like, yeah, I feel like the ultimate crux of this movie is, like, uh, kind of like a free therapy session. Well, it's a therapy session for the price of a movie, which is way cheaper than therapy. Um, because what it really says is, like, all of the shit that affects you and makes you who you are is valid, but that shit affects other people. And that's, I think, what really cuts to the creamy core is that you see that yeah there's all this you you are the worst version of yourself you have this but through being the worst version of yourself and through being bitter you've pushed away your husband you've pushed away your daughter and you're letting your shitty dad you know hang over to you and and like the the coming out through line in this is so 
great because I feel like it's just a different take on the coming out story. Cause the coming out story is always like to my parents or to that, but there's never like the, the like nooks and crannies of like, yeah, I'm out to my parents and they've accepted me. But what about like the other Their people? Parents. In my family? Yeah. yeah. And like the, especially coming from, you know, um, having a queer sister who, you know, and being from like first generations and knowing that stuff where, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I cussed my sister out for taking so long to come out to me when I'm like, I had a gay best friend in middle school. Fuck you. Uh, but you know, like, <laughs> you know, but then it's like, but I do know why you're not coming out to other people, you know, like that, yeah. that like really messy part of it, you know, and to see that part of it. And like, once again, I, I, I think I've said this before, but I think the beautiful thing, like we talk about how like uh, for writers and anyone who's like a creator listening in hyper specificity, you actually connect way more yes. because like this is a very specific Asian immigrant story but if you are a child of immigrants there's so much connect yeah. connective tissue here that like I'm sure me and Alonzo felt just watching it that it's like yeah that's that's why I want everyone to tell their stories because that is I think you know and here we go to my greater film philosophy but that is how like you know we will connect as a people by letting these people who you thought were so different from you tell their stories and you go, Oh shit, y'all going through that too. And I do want to say, if you are like me and had relatives on the Mayflower, you can still connect to a lot in this film. We don't, we don't hate on that. Some of us have been stuck here for a much longer time. Um, There's two, two quick things I, I would, I know I'd kick myself later if we didn't at least mention one is just a small aside. The Daniels, um, like I mentioned, I've, I've known forever and uh, ran a summer camp with, a music video summer camp with. And when you watch this, please know that uh, along with honing their storytelling voices, those visuals are so them. Like they created their own effects department to do this because like, wow, wow. so like it, the FX was run by seven of our other friends, um, like including Dan Kwan's wife did a bunch of bits who animated wow. Marcel the shell with the shoes on and like <laughs> Kirsten Lepore shout out. But um, the, so just the visual of it, like they know this stuff to the core and they figure out inventive ways to make it happen. But the other thing I love, we, we mentioned Key's performance, but there's also something so special to me about, and weirdly this came up in the movie Pig as well, but watching films where the key fundamental element like that is celebrated in a, ma in a male character is kindness, is um, like... To, revolutionary to my bones i feel that yeah and i oh, think yeah. oh. and to have it not just feel pandering but like rich and earned and and like, and a strength yes yeah. a true strength his monologue i'm a fighter too but this is how i fight oh that's you know because that there's so much machismo in a lot of cultures, right? Of where like you're looked at and like, and he, you know, he even mentions it in the movie, your father thinks I'm weak. And there's this like urge to be this like toxic masculine guy, but he's like, no, seeing good in the, in everyone is how I fight. Giving people chances is how I fight. And you know, Finding that is- moments of humor and levity is how they yeah, fight. Yeah, like, I like- that is like, because that is very similar to something I just even witnessed my dad go through because he is very much the same way where he'd much rather turn the other cheek than fight. And he's been looked at by his brothers as weak and just kind of like me physically seeing that. So to see that embraced oh yeah that's that's when you that i thought i was done crying so many times <laughs> in that last 20 minutes and then they would say another thing and uh, trust me i like i said i was watching it with friend of the pod demi so you know i was definitely on my toxic masculinity shit trying not to cry in front of him <laughs> and they just it truly was like i was up against the wall fighting for my life and then will smith came on the stage and slapped the tears out of me <laughs> uh so 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 how like dare you how dare you <laughs> <laughs> should we vote are we gonna yeah, vote, we gotta vote. Absolutely. yeah yes do we uh, need to <laughs> yeah who wants to kick this off I, look i i saw this twice in, in a week and i have I, even before the pandemic i would never have the time or the inclination to see movies twice in a theater but i went back like days later to see this again in imax uh which i highly recommend if you have the opportunity to do it there are imax prints floating around um 
Yeah, this is absolutely a screen it, screen it, screen it. Uh, I, I, as I, as I told these guys in the group chat, I was reminded of the old review that somebody said about uh, the movie Grindhouse, where he said this movie taught my balls to make karate with fire. Um, <laughs> it is, it is just such a rich cinematic experience and a rich emotional experience. Yeah, obviously, I am a screen it. I love Daniels. I love. Their voice and vision and how true they are and original they are. But I also love the heart at the root of it. And I think this is the kind of movie that you will feel so good seeing. I'd also encourage you, if you're psyched about this, um, they have a website, uh, just danieldaniel.us, where you can see a lot of their music videos, which is how I met them, but also their short films. And I use them all the time when I'm speaking to upcoming filmmakers on shaping your own voice and using short like learning your style and if you watch something like pockets which stars the two of them and you'll also recognize them like shiner is in the movie as the ball gag guy and uh kwan is like a i think he's doing a spinner but he's definitely got a hot dog near him at some point but they <laughs> anyway to to watch people like hone their skills and learn their craft 15 years ago and then to see it compare I always I find that interesting in case anyone else does and real quick yeah. we didn't mention Stephanie Hugh who plays the daughter oh and she's my God. fucking oh, amazing phenomenal. love her on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and she blew me away here yeah, yeah. she's fantastic thank you yeah. Alonzo please that was perfect shout out um, yeah, no, I can't wait to pester Drea and uh, force her to uh, introduce me to the Daniels. But outside <laughs> of that, that is definitely a screen it for me. And if you need to know why, just rewind, because uh, that I think I laid it all out for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is phenomenal. I can't wait to go watch this again. But we'll be right back after we hear from another show for Maximum Fun. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. <laughs> wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. <laughs> can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely so. you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave! Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Ivy Wadiway, and the studio with me are Alonzo Duraldi, Drea Clark. And before we get into anything else, Marissa's got a Hall of Excellence update for us. Oh, ooh, ooh. yes, that's perhaps you'll recall that last week with our guest Todd Mezzaro, we uh, made some nominations for the Hall of Excellence Best Movie Car. And uh, a lot of people participated in the voting on Facebook. So thank you, listeners, for doing that. And, uh, yeah, so when I made the post about, I made a poll post uh, for this on Facebook, and I posted it, and about five seconds later, I thought, oh, you know what? I should have made it so that people cannot add their own options yes. to the poll. <laughs> and in those few seconds that I was making the change to the post, uh, the, the voting and the additions had started, and I thought, you know what? Let's just roll with it. <laughs> Got to get up pretty um, so, early in the morning to get one past these <laughs> folks. Yeah. So um, all of your cars, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, um, Herbie the Love Bug, Tim Burton's Batmobile, they all got votes. You're all on the board. Um, of, of those, by a pretty big margin, uh, Tim Burton's Batmobile mm. uh, was the, the biggest vote getter of uh, the three of your our, our core host choices. That being said, the most votes mm. um, by, again, another sizable margin did go to the DeLorean from the Back to the Future uh, franchise. Right. An excellent car. An excellent yeah. car. Good choice, An excellent sure. car. I wanted a car that had at least at one point once been owned by a woman. So, like, I get it. We all have our different things. So, um, is this going to be like the Academy Awards where early on there, there was like one year where a write-in won and then they changed the rules so it never happened again? 
I think this is going to be exactly like that. If that's, <laughs> that's if, exactly if I have gonna, anything to say about it, after yeah, one was exactly. stolen from my fingers, you better believe. I will say, you better believe that ain't happening again. I'm glad our audience <laughs> and listeners and friends chose a, a good, respectable, worthy car. Because sure. if right now we were giving up a spot in the Hall of Excellence for Karmic Carface <laughs> from, from Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Surely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the car that enters the Speed Force. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Exactly. So congratulations to, to them. Um, to Daryl, uh, our, <laughs> to our listener, well Daryl. Daryl. Shout out, Daryl. And everyone who voted for it. So uh, with that, I will let you return to your regularly scheduled C-Block. Thank you, Thank you, Marissa. Marissa. Thank you. Iffy? Right, Iffy? <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was just uh, going over the fact that Daryl went and snatched my <laughs> happiness away. But uh, let's continue. Live and learn. Mm. <laughs> In everything, everywhere, all at once, nearly every character gets the chance to instantly upgrade themselves by tapping into the skills they've developed in some other universe. Following that logic, I propose that in one of the infinite universes, each of us could have whatever skills we desire. So, if you can suddenly have the knowledge and experience of any one movie character in all of cinema, and just add it into your current personality, who would it be and why? I do want to shout out to Marissa. This is a fantastic question. Yeah, this yeah. is good stuff. This, yeah. this is some solid stoner freshman year. <laughs> Let us get into 2 a.m. last slice of pizza. Big fan. Big fan. Um, I did research. I did thoughts. I stayed up. And yet, I definitely, I was like, oh, I got it. I know who I want. Oh, really? Oh, I knew. Uh-huh. And I still feel real good about it. Go on. I know. Yeah, yeah. Mary Poppins, y'all. Wow, that's solid. Mary Poppins, and I want you to know I'm crediting Mary Poppins herself with the skill to reach into a bag and pull anything out. Oh, 100%. It's not the bag, it's Mary. It's her. So, like, she can do that. So, here's your thing, right? You have, she's wise, she's Mm -hmm. lovely, she can Mm -hmm. fly, she's a calming influence, she has a sense of reason, she also has magical powers, like she has basically the room of requirement in a bag, (laughs) so she has all these things, and you know what she does not have? Uh, Guilt, regrets, Mary Poppins does not have a trail of bodies behind her, (laughs) because I was like, oh, what about the bride? I would like to kick ass like Beatrix Kiddu. Um, no, because I don't want to also absorb all of the, like, death and mayhem that she caused before that. You know who's not caused death and mayhem? Mary Poppins. <laughs> you, you know what else Mary Poppins doesn't have? Any fucks. Yes. 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 Not a one. I was going to say a healthy sex life? Well, who knows what dicks up <laughs> No, to. I, I don't mean those kind. I mean, yeah, like she, I she cannot no, be no, bothered no. by your nonsense. No, she, you're so right. Like, you know what she also has? A total disregard for bankers. Like, we were, our, my combination, like, I'm going to get symbiotic with Mary Poppins. No problem. No problem. Well, I mean, you know, it would be cheating. My first thought was, well, I guess, you know, Morgan Freeman as God in, um, mm. Uh, Evan Almighty, um, but that that or, or Bruce Almighty, which is which is the one of the two. I guess he's in both of them anyway. Bruce? But but yeah, that, yeah. that that seemed like it was cheating. Um, so I thought, well, okay, who's a character who has who's really eclectic and has a lot of different skills and brings a lot to the table, just as one individual. And so I went with Buckaroo Banzai. Oh yeah, Ooh. because he is a brain surgeon, a rocket scientist, and a rock star. And uh, you know I, that just—I I feel like if you're gonna if, if you're gonna pick a character, you don't want somebody who's like good at one thing and one thing only. You really want to like have a whole buffet going there. And so, I, yeah, I think I think Buckaroo Banzai would be. Uh, and he doesn't have a big body count, right? No, I don't because think he's uh, no. similar to that. I had also considered the Doctor from Doctor Ooh, Who. There was yeah. one film of that, so it sort of fit. But again, the Doctor is. Killed many beings. So. Uh, no, if any, I say uh, Buckaroo only saves lives. Right there, ah. you go. So you're getting the skills and the good karma. And yeah, my father would karma. be so thrilled that I finally became a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's funny, you know, it's, it's a joke in my house because I always tell Dave the story about there was one time where my father actually said to me, the, the, he goes, couldn't you be a doctor and a film critic? And then, you know, which is like, no, no, I couldn't. Uh, but then recently that movie Seven Days came out and the director is like also an oncologist. And I'm like, oh, my dad would be so proud of this guy. Yeah. yeah don't let your dad find out about Kim Jong. He's Exactly. Like, yes. He's I'm not like, saying nobody can do it. I'm saying I can't. <laughs> Um, yeah, for I, I like that y'all took into account, like, if you were going to be someone who was good at fighting, you know, the morality. I didn't take that into account, <laughs> yet still pick someone who fits that bill. Because, um, yeah, I was just focused on the kung fu aspect of that, because mm. that is always just the coolest, is just being able to do kung fu. Like, I couldn't figure out how to drive well. There's classes I can do to be the drift guy. So sorry, Dom. I think there's um, classes you know? for kung fu also. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm not going to get to the level sure, of at no. least this character which is none other than Sing from Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, because because oh. I, I don't, I don't want to just be great at Kung Fu. I want to be a master with sure. this key fully unlocked, flying up into the sky, seeing Buddha, and smashing my haters down with the hand of Buddha. Um, you know, skipping the lollipop sales. I'm he just only just something nice and sensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, just, yeah, because I feel like also like the Kung Fu Hustle, Kung Fu is like, cartoonish too so like i want to be good at kung fu but like cartoonish too <laughs> you want to smile I, when you're doing it yeah, i yeah, like exactly. that for you and there yeah. isn't it's one of the few like there's plenty of martial arts franchises where the body count is a lot more like oh literal like piles of bloody bodies on the floor is like a to visual flare whereas yeah. kung fu hustle like, that's a different energy, right? Like, that's a, sure, there's people getting their asses kicked. Yeah. But it's not like the the glorified. You want something like like Jackie Chan's Miracles, where he's a gangster, but a really nice one. And, yes. you know. Just a thoughtful bad guy. That's yes. how I describe you already, Iffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Iffy, he's like my friend who's a villain, but sweet. Yeah, so he's sweet. A sweet you just want to pinch his cheek. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to put him in jail. Oh, I feel good about taking these three on the road as well. By I know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the I smell sequel. Yeah, we yeah we <laughs> we'd have some fun there. We'd have some fun there. All right, let's jump on over to staff picks. Alonzo, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Well, uh, you know, I know we we are digging back into a theatrical release this week, but still lots of great stuff on streaming. Two movies dropped on April 1st on Netflix, and the terrible one is the one you most likely have heard about, and that would be Judd Apatow's The Bubble. It's awful. Do not watch it. The great one that dropped on April 1st that hasn't been getting nearly enough attention is the new Richard Linklater movie. Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood, which is an, a lovely and sweet and funny an animated feature. That's partially a fantasy about a little kid who gets to uh, um, go to the moon as a, as a warm up for the Apollo 11 mission, but is mainly just this really heartfelt and, and to bring back what if was saying before about how like the more specific you get, the more universal it is this look at what it was like to be a kid in the suburbs in the late sixties in Houston, Texas, when everybody was obsessed with the space race and it seemed like the world, the, the future ahead was just going to be this gleaming scientific paradise with cities under the sea and on the moon and, and all the buildings were, 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 were shiny and new and, and everything seemed possible. And, you know, it is, I think this is Richard Linklater's Amarcord. It's his radio days. It's his Crooklyn. Um, and, and it just and narrated by Jack Black. It's a movie that I, I just felt deep within me in terms of recognizing elements of it from my own life. You know, the, 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 the lead character is the youngest in a big family. Um, but at the same time, like just kind of this feeling of, that moment in America where the future seemed like it was really going to be great. And somewhere along the way, we completely lost sight of that. And uh, anyway, it's a great movie and people aren't talking about it nearly enough. So Netflix, Apollo 10 and a half, Space Age Childhood. Check it out. You won't be sorry. Um, directed, of course, by friend of the pod, Richard Linklater. Yes, indeed. Yes. Friend of the yeah. pod. Our yeah. best friend. Our, our bestie. Our best friend, Rick. Big, big, big bestie. Mm -hmm. So mine is actually inspired by... The Daniels Trajectory. This is their second feature film. And so my staff pick this week is Taika Waititi's second film, Boy. 
Um, I think that Taika and the Daniels share um, a sort of chaotic yet good-hearted vision. Entirely different manifestations, but um, if you're interested in Taika's work, this is possibly one you haven't seen. Um, He plays a role in it, and it's largely based um, on this really cute aboriginal kid in new zealand and you know the stuff he's going through and his obsession with michael jackson and um yeah boy it is on canopy right now Uh, one of the streamers i call an alonzo channel um (laughs) it's also like a two dollar rental on most streaming like any place you'd you'd do a rental but yeah it's it's lovely and warm-hearted and unique just like this movie. Well, nothing like this movie. But you get what I'm saying. You <laughs> yeah. get what I'm tying. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And my pick is going to be, uh, you know, rated lower than, than than the other two picks. But it was a movie that was referenced to describe this movie to me. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm going I'm to have you go back. If you're just juiced up on multiverses and you need to jump into another one, well, let me take you back to... 21 years ago when Jet Li starred in The One, uh, where he must fight uh, many different versions of himself, uh, which was like peak Jet Li era, uh, was not a peak Jet Li film, but uh, it's worth a watch. I think I am of the mind that there is no bad kung fu movie, so so go ahead and pop it on, (laughs) have a good time. Uh, you know, Alonzo seems to really try to wrap his brain around this one. <laughs> I would argue that Peak Jet Li happened before he ever set foot in the United States, but that's you're, just You're not me. wrong. You're, you're <laughs> definitely not wrong. But, you know, there's always, I feel like a lot of Kung Fu actors have two peaks. They have their peaks of the films back home. Sure. And then they have the peaks of their films when they come here. This Fair is enough. not the peak. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, check that out. Dre and Alonzo, thank you so much for another wonderful show. In Thanks, any buddies. universe, sir. <laughs> yes. Like it was said, in any universe, I'd rather be uh, running a laundromat with the both of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and in some universe, we are. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yes. All right. If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maximum Film or send us an email at Maximum Film at MaximumFun.org or a voice memo for the hotline. Our producer is Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun. I totally just said that's true as if that was true. Like as if it was absolute fact. Oh, there's yeah, definitely I, I a multiverse. I, I, you sold me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.